There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are in France, which means Tubi is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast. It's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mer and mer somehow being different words. Tubi, it's more popular than being French. See you in there. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right, welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Crouch. Today we are going to do all golf, talking PGA Championship. Uh, I just got off a hit with Golf Channel. That's why I look like a person who is on Golf Channel. And to continue the golf chat, let's bring in Brady Cannon and Drew Dinsick. Brady, great to have you back with us. Last time we spoke, uh, I was fighting an uphill battle against the Chicago Hotel Wi-Fi. Uh, the mothership of NBC Sports provides a better connection, which uh, minus 20,000 it will. But let's get straight into uh, Oak Hill PGA Championship. I want to talk about the course first, Brady. Uh, in terms of course fit, what the course is going to do, uh, how does this affect your handicap? Well, it's a huge part of it, Jay, and thank you very much for having me. Good to be back with you gentlemen once again. Uh, and I started diving into the research of this course about a month ago. And of course, it's one of the three of the four majors where the course changes every year. And the last time we saw this Oak Hill was 2013 when Jason Duffner won, went off at about 40 to 1. And he did it much like a U.S. Open formula, hitting the ball straight down the fairway, uh, kind of a plotter type uh, effort. And Jim Furyk actually finished second. I think Steve Stricker was up high on the leaderboard, that particular uh, major back in 2013. So, you know, it was that U.S. Open type formula that worked for those guys. And I think we're going to see a very different result this time around. And it's largely in part due to the remodel that they did when they brought in Andrew Green in 2019 to bring the course up to modern day standards and also to kind of revitalize what Donald Ross had in mind way back in uh, 1924 when he originally constructed this golf course. And they've really turned it into a beast. They only added about 250 yards or so. They removed over 600 trees from the fairways, and that was what really led Duffner to his championship. He just hit it right down the middle and didn't have to punch out from the woods all week long. Hmm. Now, the players are not going to have to punch out from the woods this week. They'll have more angles into the greens because of that tree removal, but the fairways are still relatively narrow, you know, narrow on average, certainly for a tour event at about 27 yards wide on average, which is pretty thin. And then you've got the rough bordering that, which is going to be pretty thick, not quite U.S. Open six inches stuff, but three or four inches probably and dense. And it makes a difference that we're talking 2013 and all the PGA championships prior that were held in August when you typically had warmer temperatures and a firm and fast golf course. Now we're in May. We were talking about this before the program, Drew and I. Those guys that tee off in the morning are going to be dealing with 45, 48 degree temperatures. It's the growing season. You're going to have that morning dew and the moisture in the grass. You know, the PGA of America, who runs this major championship, 
they're going to give the golf course crew a number to what to cut that rough to on Thursday. And then they won't touch it again until Sunday. So I mentioned it's the growing season. I mean, you might end up with another inch of grass by the time we get to Sunday. So it's going to be a very demanding golf course as it was in 2013, but a little bit different strategy here, especially off the tee. They've also done a great deal of bunker renovation. All the greens are new. They've made the putting surfaces smaller, but there are a greater number of pin positions. In true Donald Ross fashion, the greens are going to be undulated with runoff areas. The bunkers are going to be a beast, and I think especially in the fairway. If you guys have seen some pictures of this golf course leading up, uh, the very steep faces on the bunkers, deep wells, uh, and a fairway bunker, a fairway mist landing in the sand could cost you at least a half a shot, if not a full shot. You've got Allen's Creek running through a number of holes that will cause some of these longer hitters to back off a little bit because they're not going to be able to clear the creek with their tee ball. Uh, it's a very interesting championship and a very different golf course than we saw many years ago. And a number of the players have been quoted saying that this is one of the most difficult tests they face, but also the very most fair. And I think that's a wonderful combination. It's not tricked up. They know exactly what they're getting, what they have to do. I think the emphasis is going to be length and accuracy off the tee. And, you know, it's a major championship. You're going to have to do everything well. But I think in order to put yourself in scoring situations, you're going to have to get off the tee well. And it's kind of been the formula we've seen the last three weeks on the PGA Tour. 7,400 to 7,500-yard golf courses, par 71s. The Mexico Open in Vedanta, TPC Craig Ranch, and Quail Hollow. Some similar skill sets are going to carry over this week at the PGA. Tremendous information. And uh, here I thought course fit meant, you know, look for the guys with the turtlenecks and the cardigans like Jays. But <laughs> yeah, that, that all makes perfect sense. And honestly, if you have driving accuracy and, and length, I think rather than ad additive to come up with a fair score, you kind of need a, mul a multiplicative, uh, you know, kind of thing because they're compounding uh, effects at this particular course in these conditions. All of that said. Uh, there's another aspect I'm dying to pick your brain on. Um, and this is something that was a thesis that headed into the, into the masters. And I feel like I came out of the masters with that. This was my primary takeaway, uh, which was heading into, uh, the first major of the season. We had a run-up of events that were elevated that seemed to grind the PGA Tour guys down a little bit. A lot of guys carrying injuries, a lot of guys really struggling with form. Now, one of those guys that was struggling with form at the time was John Rahm, who ended up winning, so it didn't matter. But I feel like the uh, live golfers who came into that Masters were fresher, sharper, uh, and a little bit more focused on trying to win that major because that's really all they have on their calendar that matters anymore. Um any of this ring true to you? And do you think that the market in general kind of has adjusted for the fact that these guys aren't carrying the same level of fatigue as the rest of the PGA Tour guys are? It's a really interesting question, Drew. And I think the market has adjusted a little bit, but I also think there's adjustment in the market and not necessarily adjustment from the Masters, but even going into the Masters, I think the general betting public is probably down on live. They're not in the front of their mind because we don't see them as often, uh, if at all. Uh, and I think there's also some negativity, some bias uh, in, in betters' opinions of what to think of Liv. You know, Patrick Reed, Sergio Garcia, some of these villains that are now on the Liv circuit, they've never been highly bet guys anyway because it seems there's a public dislike for these guys. Now, 
after what we saw Brooks Kepka do at the Masters, there's probably been more love for him. And, and I'll mm -hmm. tell you what, myself included, you know, there's always been that storyline behind Brooks Kepka that all he cares about is the major championships. Yeah. And, and I didn't completely buy into that. I mean, is that really true? Well, maybe he completely proved me wrong at the Masters because we haven't seen this guy for like three years. He's injured for a couple of years. He goes on live and then he comes out and just is laser focused at Augusta National and what a performance he put up. And now he comes into a golf course that's perfect for him. He comes off a couple of really good finishes on the live tour. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of weird. You know how it is in any betting market, Drew. You know, you kind of hate to be on the guy where it seems there's a lot of love for in the majority or what have you. But I think it's hard to deny Brooks Kepka yeah. with what we have in front of us this week. He's won two PGA championships before. He's won at maybe the most correlated course of all, Beth Page Black in 2019 when they had the PGA. Number one there was Brooks Kepka. So mm -hmm. I, I think if there's any adjustment in the market, probably more so than the others it's for Kepka and and maybe with DJ as well Dustin Johnson coming off of a win of course Kepka was coming off of a win going into the Masters now Dustin Johnson's come off a win heading into the PGA Championship and he finished well here back in 2013 when there was more of a premium on accuracy now the fairways open up for a little bit for DJ I understand he's been hitting the ball very well uh, Cameron Smith is interesting. He seems to be a real fade in the market right now. And I don't know if that's true. I believe the game is still there. Uh, but I think it's probably a similar narrative to what we faced heading into the masters drew where there's probably only three or four guys. I think you really need to pay attention to. And, and outside of that, it would be a little bit of a surprise. Yeah. Well, two guys that are going to get a lot of attention, John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler, uh, who have separated themselves from the rest of the field as the two best golfers in the world right now. They're both plus 750, which is incredibly short for anyone at a major, let alone two guys. Uh, of these two guys, Brady, do you have a preference in terms of who to bet, and are you just staying away from both of them at the short prices? I am staying away from both of them. I didn't land on Rory either. And, and this golf course, I mentioned Kepka. this golf course is perfect for Rory too. It's just really hard to trust the guy after two straight missed cuts. And, you know, there's that trend out there that Rory is uh, nails after he misses a cut. Well, he, he wasn't the last time because he missed a cut again. So it, it's just – and, you know, he's a member here. There's that storyline as well. He probably knows this redesign better than anybody else. But I stayed away from him too. Scotty, you know, had some concerns with him last week. It looked like he was going to go on and win the Byron Nelson, and then the putter really went cold. Now, uh, putter is fickle. That, that can uh, light up uh, on the turn of a dime or go cold just the same. Uh, that's probably the most volatile skill set that we have when handicapping golfers. So it, it's hard to just lean on the fact that Scotty Scheffler all of a sudden went cold with the putter. Now, John Rahm, on the other hand, is teeing it up for the first time uh, in a major since having won the second major of his career. And I think in any sport, we look for letdown situations. I think that's possible for John Rahm. Maybe he's a bet against in the very first round. I think there's something different that first day you get to that first tee box, wearing that green jacket as he is from the Masters, going into that second major. Will he come out guns a-blazing again? I tend to think not, but John Rahm is so good. I think the best player in the world right now, uh, and the uh, OWGR would reflect that as he is ranked number one. 
over the course of four days, he's probably going to figure out and be figure it out and be in the mix once again. But uh, Scotty Scheffler, a little bit, you know, underwhelming what he did at the Byron Nelson. John Rahm, a possible early letdown. The short prices, I'm staying away. Yep, that makes sense to me. All right, we're going to stick around talking about some of the favorites. But firstly, a reminder to download the Roto World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in the App Store today. Okay, Brady, any other golfers at the top of the board uh, or around the top of the board that we haven't mentioned yet that you think provide any value? I think two guys that are really formidable this week are Tony Finau and Xander Shoffley. And I bet Tony Finau uh, at the halfway point of the Mexico Open at Vedanta because I felt he was going to go on to win. And you guys know how it goes. If they win, their prices get immediately chopped. And he was at 33 to 1. And I grabbed him. And sure enough, he went on to win. And sure enough, his price has been chopped. I've seen as low as now 20 to 1 on Tony Finau. He actually came out tops on my board for all my numbers crunch. And uh, Tony Finau just does everything well. He's he's a big boy hitter, you know, off the tee. He can bring the length. He can hit a high ball. Uh, he's number one on tour in strokes gained approach. We, what we have here, gentlemen, this week, and I mentioned a lot of the statistics will carry over from what we've seen on tour recently in the past few weeks. One of them is whole proximity from a certain distance. Most of your iron shots this week and what we've seen the past few weeks are going to come from about 175 yards to 225 yards. You've got 12 par fours that are over 450 yards in length. You've got two par threes that are 230 yards in length and two par fives that are over 600 yards in length. So you're going to get a lot of approach shots in that 175 to 225 window. Tony Finau is tops in the PGA Tour uh, rankings in that area, and so is Xander Schauffele. And then both of these guys also have terrific short games. Tony Finau was not known for his short game for so many years, but he's really improved tremendously in that area. Sand saves, I talked about the bunker remodeling. These guys are both good in that area. They do everything well, and of course, that's what you need in a major championship. They've performed extremely well on the correlated courses. Uh, winged Foot, the U.S. Open there in 2020. Beth Page Black, I mentioned Kepka's win there. Both Finau and Shoffley were in the mix there. And they're both in good form currently. Uh, Xander Shoffley coming off of a second-place finish at another major championship venue in Quail Hollow. I was able to get Shoffley at 23, and I think I've seen him as low as 16 these days. So those are probably a couple of guys at the top of my board that I think are peaking at the right moment and have all the tools for so long. And really both of these guys, the knock has always been, gosh, when are they going to get a major? They seem to be primed and ready. And Tony Finau, I mean, he's won four times in the last 18 months or so. So no reason he can't kick the door down here at Oak Hill. Yeah, well, my uh, my fair for X Man is fourteen to one here. So good job by you grabbing anything in the twenties. My fair for Finau is twenty two to one. So good job by you having a thirty in pocket. Uh, the only other guy that I think is kind of a bettable number right now at the top of the board, 
I think Cantlay should be a little bit shorter. Uh, when I again, when I compound accuracy and distance, he stands out, uh, you know, among sort of the cream of the crop as a guy that could take advantage of these conditions. So, uh, got a little Cantlay at twenty to one in pocket as well. But uh, all all great shouts. Um, how, as we go down the board, uh, top twenty. Any guys that you think that we have not mentioned who, uh, you know, kind of you know, not realistic to win there in the 180 to one, 100 to one, 200 to one range, but you think could finish like top 20. Absolutely. And, and good call on Cantley, Drew. You know, you can't bet them all, but he's certainly a guy that uh, could have made my card. He does everything well. He's like Finau and Shoffley and these guys that have the all around game uh, to win major championships. And that's really the only thing that kept me back. Maybe two things on Cantley the short price and the fact that he just really hasn't performed tremendously in majors. Other than that, there's no reason he can't win this week. And he's done well in the Northeast as well. In fact, uh, I believe it was a third place finish at 2019's PGA at Bethpage Black for Patrick Cantlay. Um, but as far as some of the longer shots, uh, you know, I mentioned that I started researching this a month ago and that's when I landed on Finau. The one guy that jumped out at me that I just really couldn't believe he was quietly having such a good season right before our eyes. And I couldn't believe how well he patterned out in the statistics. And that's Ricky Fowler. This guy's having a fantastic year. He's like 31st on tour in total driving, seventh in strokes gained approach. The only weakness is when he gets to about 200 yards or greater with his irons, he dips down all the way to like 185th or something on tour as far as hole proximity. But that's just one area. Everything else, the putting, the short game, Ricky's in really good form right now. He's got good finishes. He's placed well on the correlated courses. I was able to grab him for an outright at 100 to 1, but I think he can find him for a top 20 somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe plus 200, plus 250. Uh, and, and I think he'll contend once again. Um, he is getting a lot of love uh, as far as some of the people that I listen to and some of the people that I've had on my programs during the week. But, you know, I'm with him. I, I think everybody is seeing what I have seen and how well this guy's performing statistically in the stats that match the makeup of this golf course. The other guy is Gary Woodland, who's really been just playing very, very well. It's really interesting if you look at what Woodland's done. At Quail Hollow, he finished 14th, yet he led the field in strokes gained tee to green. The next week in Mexico, he was third in the field in strokes gained tee to green. The reason is not winning is because his short game is so cold. Over the last 36 rounds, he's 131st in this field for scrambling and 109th for strokes gained putting on bent grass. Gary is a fantastic driver of the golf ball. He drives it high. His long iron play is fantastic. Everything that involves ball striking, Gary Woodland is at the top of the list. But when you get to the short game, that's where he falls off. Now, like I mentioned earlier, putting is the most fickle stat of all. And if Gary Woodland gets hot with the flat stick for, uh, flat stick for even maybe two days, three days, he could win the darn thing and not a bad play for top 20 as well. No, that's a lot of fun. Uh, and the Ricky Fowler uh, shout is especially fun. If you do bet him in the outrights, find a book that'll give you an each way price. Uh, he could, uh, you know, he close the career, uh, the career slam of runner up finishes. He has a second place in the other four, in the other three majors. He can finally get that second place at the PGA Championship. Uh, um, and uh, of course, uh, Ricky Fowler, one of the best course fits uh, of any of the golfers out there. If you're into the uh, uh, the uh, golf stylings, as Jay is, of course. 
<laughs> yeah, well done, Drew, uh, sneaking that one in to go with your early mention of the word multiplicative. Uh, which was uh, quite impressive. Uh, Brady, that was fantastic. A lot of great information there. Thank you so much for joining us. Everyone can follow Brady on Twitter at Las Vegas Golfer. Uh, Brady, anything to plug? What are you working on this week? Well, yeah, thank you for giving me an opportunity. You mentioned the Twitter handle at Las Vegas Golfer. I'm writing for the PGA Tour, writeforgolf.com. I have my own podcast now, the Heat Strokes podcast. Um, But uh, one other guy, just real quick before we get out of here, gentlemen, that I forgot to mention is kind of a long shot, maybe a good top 20 play, is Russell Henley. And he doesn't fit the mold because he's not a bomber only averages about 287 off the tee uh, on tour. But uh, he's number one on the PGA Tour in driving accuracy. And what was it a month ago? We saw him take on another big boy golf course that caters to the longer hitters in Augusta National. All he did at the Masters was finish fourth. This guy also in 2021 at Torrey Pines for the U.S. Open, another huge big boy golf course. He finished 13th. He is really sharp. And if he's hitting from the short grass all week long, uh, able to dial in those irons uh, from that, you know, 200 yard range, uh, I think Russell Henley is another bit of a sleeper that you might look at in the top 20 market. Okay, there you go. Nice way to go out. Russell Henley uh, can get involved on that. All right, Brady, thank you so much for joining us. I'll be sure to check you out and uh, give you a follow at Las Vegas Golfer. Good luck with all your bets this week. Enjoy the PGA, gentlemen. Thanks again for having me. Cheers. All right, before we get to our own best bets, a reminder that every season is draft season. Drew Dinsick, get your Rodewell Draft Guide bundle today. <laughs> Dominate your football, baseball, and basketball drafts packed with profiled rankings, projections. Order today and get all three Rodewell Draft Guides for the price of two. Plus, use promo code BERRY and save an extra 20% at checkout. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Go for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. All right, Drew. Favorite PGA Championship bet. What have you got? So the one price that I can't make any sense of is top continental European. Uh, continental Europe, of course, Jay, as you know, you're a, ge- a geography maven. Uh, it does not include the United Kingdom uh, or uh, or Ireland. Uh, and for those reasons, uh, it excludes some of the best European golfers that are in this event. Uh, as you look at the top 
continental European market. In fact, there's probably only two names you recognize, John Rahm and Victor Hovland. After that, it's a number of Danes and Nordic players who realistically uh, will be well, you know, will be lucky to make the cut. Uh, so this is effectively a two-man market as far as I read it. And it is John Rahm versus Victor Hovland. And you're getting John Rahm at a plus money price, which is wild to me because as Brady mentioned, the uh, the uh, the hazards, particularly the sand traps around this course are horrifically difficult and if there's one thing about victor hovland's game that i immediately draw a long line through him in the outright market it is courses that require good scrambling he is a he is you know notably one of the uh, least successful scramblers on tour his around the green numbers are eye-poppingly poor uh so for those reasons i think he is basically out of contention here so we need john rom you know, top 10, top 20. I think he wins this market pretty comfortably. The fact that you're getting that at plus money uh, is exciting to me. So uh, John Rahm, plus 105, top continental European. I think if you shop around, you can find some plus 120s out there, but uh, that is the best way to attack uh, some of the exotic markets as, I, as far as I can tell you. Very good. And for clarity, despite my continental European outfit today, John Rahm will not need to defeat me in that market for your bet to cash. Uh, my best bet PGA Championship is Dustin Johnson to do it all, to win the damn thing at plus 2,400. Like uh, Brady mentioned DJ briefly and that he liked him. It's good. likes to be on the same side as Brady. I think that Dustin Johnson uh, very much fitting the Brooks Kepka mold heading into the Masters, coming off a win at Tulsa in good form. Now, DJ wasn't very good at the Masters, admittedly, but he struggled with his short game, which I think that he will be able to get right. I think that it's good. Good course fit for him here in terms of, uh, you know, we want big bombers at this course. Obviously, distance, no problem for DJ at 24 to 1. I do think he is just a little bit out of sight, out of mind uh, at the moment. But, uh, yeah, getting involved with DJ at that price. What do you think of Mr. Johnson? I mean, he fits the uh, exact prototype of he's an elite golfer on the live tour. He's forgotten about. He's uh, fresh. <laughs> All those things matter. Uh, he's playing. He's playing well, by the way, over there. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to be in contention here. So taking him in the 24 to one range makes sense to me. Uh, it, actually, if you shop around, I see some 27s, 28s out there. I know he's been bet a little bit, but uh, there are still some good numbers to be had. Yep, absolutely. All right, DJ's our man. Don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks, everyone, watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. If you're listening to us in podcast form, don't forget to rate and subscribe us from Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick. Thanks again to Brady Cannon. We'll speak to you soon.